White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughter. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. It's a perfect game. Win Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. And today's episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I'm your host, Chris Tannehill. And today on Locked On White Sox, we're going to continue our conversation we began yesterday with Nash Walker of Locked On Twins. This is where he turns the tables on us and asks us all his burning White Sox questions. So here he is from Locked On Twins, Nash Walker. Follow him on Twitter at NashWalker9. All right, welcome in. we got a crossover episode. It's Locked On Twins and Locked On White Sox. I'm the host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker, here with Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Uh, big White Sox guys here talking socks on the Locked On White Sox podcast. We've talked a lot about the Sox this offseason uh, on Lockdown Twins, um, just because I think we see this division as being very tight this year. How do you guys view the top half of the division going into 2021? Do you see it as more of a two-horse race, or do you think Cleveland's uh, you know, still competent? Well, um, this is Herb. I, I'm more of a Twins and White Sox are going to be running away with this whole thing. Um the Indians always going to be a pest. They still have great pitching, but I don't think they're going to be up the level of the White Sox and the Twins. Um, I just think that they're just elite as far as the AL Central go. And the White Sox and Twins might be one of the best, two of the best teams in the American League in general. So um, the the Indians will give you know a team every once in a while a problem, but when it comes down to 162, it'll be the Indian. I mean, it'll be the Twins and the White Sox battling for the AL Central. Chris. Yeah, you know, sorry for sounding like a broken record here, but yesterday we talked about, you know, the the bottom tier of the division, how it wasn't any damn good, and we talked about Cleveland, and they're kind of a wild card at this point on what they're going to be, hovering around 500, I think we said, and I think the division will be won or lost depending on who does better against the Indians, because we know they're going to pitch. They're for the most part they're going to hit situationally. They're going to cause you know havoc on your pitching staff with the lefty righty matchups all day long. So I think whoever has a better record against the Twins will will walk away with the division pretty comfortably there. But yeah, I think Sox and Twins talent levels are the only ones that can sustain the 162 without being exposed too much. I think the Indians might suffer. Of you know they're not going to get in the postseason because of their lack of depth and they just don't have enough horses. I, I don't think to get them to the finish line in 162. But the bottom half of the division is is trash, and I think the top two Sox and Twins. It's going to be a dogfight. I think you know um, the Sox have a really tough. Uh, early West Coast road trip out of the gate here. I was just looking at the schedule for the first time in a while at the Angels, at the Mariners, and, you know, not juggernauts by any means, but whenever you start the season out on the West Coast like that, sometimes it can be a good thing, and, you are you know, you take away the distractions of home, and you can just focus on playing baseball, then you come home after a nice road trip, and your fans are waiting for you for the first time, so that's going to be key here. Like, you know, the White Sox should hopefully get out to a fast start, and I think that'll be a big part of it too. Who has a faster start because then they can play a little bit looser over the course of the year, and you know, sort of uh, match themselves up uh, against the Twins for the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree, and I think I looked at the schedules a little bit last week, and the Twins and I looked at like Pakoda projected win totals for months in the season, and it's very similar between the Sox and the Twins. 
Let's talk about the the lead from today, though. Uh, Eloy Jimenez put his arm over the wall trying to rob a home run from Sean Murphy today in left field. Uh, Eloy, prolific slugger for the White Sox. What is your guys' reaction to uh, Eloy? I don't think there's been an update. I think tomorrow they said it's his shoulder. And what are you guys thinking? I'm thinking that it's been past time that Eloy gets into the designated hitter spot when he does come back. Um, I've been advocating for this for a while now. I know people don't want a young player like him being a designated hitter, but the White Sox, since they missed out on Nelson Cruz, are going to have a 23, 24-year-old Andrew Vaughn be the all-time DH this year. So I would rather go with Andrew Vaughn in left field, who hasn't played past single-A level in at all. But I would rather have him out in left field, just tell him, catch every ball you can, let Luis Robert roam the field, and don't get hurt. I think Andrew Vaughn is cerebral enough and not pig-headed enough to say, okay, I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to listen to what the coaches say. Mm -hmm. Eloy has projections of him being a great left fielder and does not want to designate a hit. He does not at all. But sometimes you got to take away things from people because they're not good at it. He's not good at left field. We saw the incident where he's fallen to the net and given up inside the park home runs. He's gotten hurt multiple times running to teammates, running to walls. We saw today with the or the couple days ago with the shoulder problem. So I would say that if the White Sox are smart about this, they would have a serious talk with them and say, man, we're going to put you as designated hitter. We're going to slow, slowly do this, but you're our main designated hitter because we need you to be in the lineup. That is your goal here. That is your value to this team. And famously, I've picked him as the American League MVP, and that's only because he can hit his ass off, but you can't hit from the bench. And we've seen that way too many times with Eloy, specifically fielding the ball in left field. So I'm just had it with him trying to do too much. And it's not him being a bad person. It's just him being injury prone when he's playing left field. So I, that's how I feel. I don't know how Chris feels about that. Well, I mean, I I've been fighting against this for a long time now, trying to defend Eloy and saying, citing the case of Kyle Schwarber, who was a complete butcher, uh, when he came up with, with the Cubs and, you know, he just, he embarrassed himself in that NLDS against the Mets or the NLCS against the Mets, I believe it was in 15. And, you know, he just he looked bad, but then he turned himself into a really solid left fielder, like one of the better arms in left field in baseball. And, you know, it, it, odds are if he got to it, he was going to make a decent play on it. So I thought that Eloy being a better athlete than Kyle Schwarber would give himself just as good as an opportunity to be, a, a, you know, at a least a, a, a league average left fielder. But how many times, this is like the fifth or sixth time now where there's been an incident, as we'll, we'll say, with Eloy in left field. You want to add up the all the times with the Nets last year and then three or four times getting hurt, slamming into the wall or a teammate like Herb said. And it gets to a point, it's like how many more times do we have to watch this transpire before you move this kid to DH? And I hate that because he's still so young and you, you don't want to coach being a baseball player out of someone, especially a, a young kid like that who doesn't know – he's still getting used to life at the big league level. He's only been here since 2019. So you would hate to have him deal with the mental side of, of struggling at the plate. 
as a DH and just be in his own little world like that because you've seen free agents come over to the south side in the DH role, guys like Adam Dunn, and it's not an easy thing to do. Even Frank Thomas, who's a Hall of Famer, talked about how it wasn't always the easiest thing to do mentally. So you never want to put that on a kid so early in their career and just give up. But at the same time, you know, he, he keeps this up. He's going to hurt himself for an entire season, sort of like how Kyle Schwarber did when, when he, you know, busted up his knee and then eventually coming back in the World Series in 2016. But we want to have Eloy in the lineup first and foremost. Like, he's not going to win any games for the White Sox in left field. So the problem is they didn't address a, a ton of depth in the offseason. We, we were talking about George Springer being the top candidate in free agency, and does he fit with the White Sox? Oh, maybe, maybe not. But it would have been nice to have a little more athleticism out there so you can withstand a move like this. So now you're asking a first-round pick in Andrew Vaughn, who, as Herb stated, hasn't played much. And now he's getting coached by Jim Tomey to play third base and you know to fill in on occasion. And now he's going to have to play in the outfield, which he hasn't done, I don't think, all spring. So this is a real tough spot here. And by the time this episode comes out, hopefully there's more clarity. But for right now, it's just it's 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 hard to defend it at this point because he's going to get himself hurt or the franchise Luis Robert out there in center field. He's going to get him hurt. So it's a tough situation to balance. You don't want a coach being a baseball player out of a baseball player. But now there's no more rebuilds and no more drafting and developing players and, and trying to build culture. It's all about winning. So I think the right move, I hate to say it, is to have him at DH. And it sucks because. The, the lineup is a lot more dangerous when you can you know slate Eloy in at left field and have someone else DH whether it be you know Andrew Vaughn if he pans out Jose Abreu gets a breather for a day put him at DH you know Grandal at DH there's so many great options you can interchange there but I think ultimately the best thing for Eloy may be uh, to wind up at that DH role full time. What did you guys think of? You mentioned uh, Springer being a target. I know Bauer got tossed around a little bit. The White Sox clearly had money to spend this offseason. How did you guys feel about how they spent it? Well, I was not happy at all. The Lance Lynn acquisition, trading Dane Dunning for a one year of Lance Lynn, while I understood it, wasn't 100% a fan of it because of giving up Dane Dunning. Then I was like, okay, top of the rotation pitcher. That's good, White Sox. We need it because the Oakland series told us that having only two pitchers is going to be troubles for the playoffs going forward. I'm fine with it. Then having Tony LaRusse on the team, that's also part of the bad offseason. Adam adding Adam Eaton back to the White Sox, we didn't really need him. So having him back on the team, which I recall the 2016 team all the time, the Drake LaRoche garbage, where Mm -hmm. Adam Eaton pretty much called him the leader of the team, a leader of the team. Um, I was not happy about that. And then when they signed Liam Hendricks, they're like, all right, here we go. We're getting a big time closer, even though Alex Colome was pretty good for us the last couple of years. This is the best reliever in the game. Going and spend money like this it tells me the White Sox are serious about it, but it's also a continuation move. So signing him means you're serious about this year specifically, and so you need to go and get a top another top of the rotation pitcher because your four and five starters are questionable with Dylan Cease at the time, Ronaldo Lopez or Carlos Rodon, which they eventually sign and looks like he'll be the fifth starter. So I was thinking like one more big signing, somebody, a designated hitter the Nelson Cruz uh, rumors 
we're big time into that. Uh, Hector <laughs> Gomez pretty much, you know, said, "Hey, we got some good news for you." The news is fans. coming. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Nelson Cruz, let's go, Boomstick, let's yep. go. That fills out the lineup so well. I'm gonna, and like, then when, I'm gonna go puke. Yeah, and then when that happened, when that didn't happen, I was like, "That's it." And the White Sox pretty much like, "Yeah, that's that's all we're doing." I was like, "That's unsatisfying," because I think the most White Sox fans believe that they modeled this rebuild after what the Cubs did back in the day. And then in 2015, when the Cubs needed a person, they went out and got John Lester. They went out and got Jason Hayward, you know, the pieces that they need to supplement the rest of the roster. There's holes in this White Sox team. Giving 150 150 games to a rookie who hasn't played past a ball and Andrew Vaughn is a hole. They say he's going to hit, but playing in the majors is a hard thing. And not playing past there, like not playing past single A, it's going to be a really hard thing. And Tanny just talked about the designated hitter thing. He's expected to be the DH for those 150 games before the Eloy injury. I just think that they have money. They have a lot of money. They Mm -hmm. used the pandemic. They used Jerry's cheap ways to get away with this. When they missed out on Manny Ramirez or Manny Machado, Rick Hahn famously said, the money will be spent. Mm-hmm. And he's come back and said, well, the money was spent. We spent it on this and that and the other. And White Sox fans are not having that. Yeah. They haven't spent on a big name free agent except for Yasmani Grandal from last year. That's the highest free agent they've ever signed. Mm-hmm. I think it was $83 million. Yeah, And that's not enough. Like, I love Yasmani. Go out and get a real top-of-the-line free agent to make this team not just like the fact that we're having conversation, and I don't want to say this flippantly, but the White Sox and Twins are, I think, should be at a different level. Mm-hmm. You say it. They're a big market team. Chicago is a big market city. Yep. They have the money. They're spending as such. Like they're a middle market team. Like they're Minnesota like the Detroit, mm-hmm. like their Cleveland, like their Kansas City. They're spending like the division instead of thinking we need to spend like the Yankees. We need to spend like L.A. We need to spend like San Diego, who is a middle market team, but they're not letting things just happen by chance. There's like, you know, we're going to force the issue. Right. And I don't think they did it this year. Yeah. You know, the number one bane of Sox fans existence is always like this, this tenuous relationship between the front office and spending or not spending money and you know it, this season it really came to a, to a head and i think the white Sox will argue that they filled their biggest holes uh with things like hiring ethan katz to come in and and fix dylan cease you know when you talk about the lack of starting rotation depth and then ethan katz is gonna fix carlos rodan who you know the the, the white Sox had you know non-tendered and then all of a sudden they bring him back so i think when you saw Trevor Bauer, the biggest name, and like that's the number one guy that we we targeted this offseason as like, okay, if you're a championship organization, that's the type of move that championship organizations make by bringing in someone like that to really, really bolster that rotation. And they just we felt like they just came up short in that regard in terms of the the public trust that you have as an organization where, okay, we're gonna ask you to be patient during a rebuild. And then after that, you know your patience is going to is going to be rewarded but they were able to have the the pandemic as as a fallback and then you know we a lot of times we talked about the the resources being misallocated and 
you know, before I get get into this, really, like th- these <laughs> moves very well work out. You know, like signing Adam Eaton may work because I'm also a believer, right? And certain pieces fit differently. And when mm-hmm. you when you, I, I like balance in a lineup, so you can have a guy that may not look all that great on paper with Adam Eaton, but you add him into a lineup and it sort of creates a different dynamic than somebody else would, like you know, like a George Springer. So that this right. year is going to say a lot about the White Sox scouting and what they think of their own guys because like it could come back to bite them in the end. But you look at Liam Hendricks and you know closer was certainly going to be a hole once Colome left, but you could have gotten Colome back for cheaper than what you got Hendricks for. And the Sox bullpen depth is was not an issue. Now we're talking about their bullpen being the, one of the best in baseball. But if one of the things that smart organizations supposedly do, if you look at teams like the Rays, they build that bullpen from within and you slot the next guy over. The Sox had uh, a couple candidates that they could have put in the closer role, but they, instead they elected to sign a top tier free agent, which is which is fine. You know, I, I think that they did a decent job uh, addressing their holes, but I think we both just felt, Herb and I, that they could have gone further because as Sox fans, we have Padres envy because of the whole Fernando Tatis thing, but also the way they handled their business in the offseason. Being aggressive with trades for Yu Darvish and, and Blake Snell. You know, they didn't sit back and cry be- because, um, you know, uh, Clevenger got hurt. They went out and made their team even better. So I think you, you see things like that, especially at the, the bargain prices that these guys were going for in the offseason. And there's sort of been a shift between what organizations are looking for in return and I think part of partly that is the White Sox don't have those things to trade but you know you just look at teams like that and like okay those teams are going for it like yes the Padres have to compete with the world championship Dodgers but you know the Sox are you know hold yourselves to a higher standard leave no doubt and now we're talking about you know a battle with the Twins all the way into September when I think the Sox had a chance to really separate themselves from the rest of the AL Central here and I think they came up short now I'm holding to Fans coming back, they'll have have some more financial resources coming in by the all-star break, and maybe we'll see the the park at 30 or 40% capacity, and they'll have more revenue to absorb uh, a a trade maybe at the deadline. A guy that I talk about often is J.D. Martinez, maybe looking to get out Mm -hmm. from Boston, depending on how they do. But there's a lot of things in play here that I think that hopefully they can still supplement the roster in the the middle of the year, and hopefully it's not too late by then. They're betting on themselves essentially this year in 2021, the White Sox are, and I hope they're right. Well, I mean, you just look at it, and it's like all these guys have come up. They have this awesome core. That's just really frustrating as a fan base to, like, it would be so simple to just, just spend. Like, you haven't spent it. Now spend it. Like Han said, the money will be spent. That's just I can understand like that frustration. I think Twins fans felt that after 2019, uh, they were like, okay, let's. This is t- like the core's in place. Got some guys, some good players here. Let's go make a move. And and they signed Donaldson for 92 million. I think everyone was excited about that, and then traded for Maeda. Um, but again, like they're still. Hey, can they go a step further? Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, folks, summer is coming. Believe it or not, yes, summer is almost here. And the number one thing you want to do is make sure your vehicle is ready to get out there and hit the road. So when you're looking for those auto parts to make sure your car's run in tip-top shape, why go to one of those chain stores and get the auto parts when they have all the parts your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com? 
You see, it's good to maintain your car, but one of the best reasons to do so is to save money, right? You don't want to be stranded out there on the road this summer with your family when you could have fixed a simple problem with a little preventative maintenance. So go to rockauto.com and find those parts that your car is going to need to stay on the road and stay safe and have fun out there. I bet you didn't know, though, that chain stores have different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and folks like you and I. But rockauto.com's prices, they're always the same for everybody. And best of all, they're always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account logging in. No more fiddling around with passwords and login info and sending yourself emails. No more. That's done. You just go in there to rockauto.com, find the parts you're looking for, add them to your cart, buy them, and wait for them to arrive at your doorstep in a timely manner. Best of all, rockauto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And do us a favor, won't you? When you go to rockauto.com, write locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the White Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you about a guy who was just a monster in 2019 uh, who was just so fun to watch, and I think a highlight of a Sox season that was down a little bit. Yohan Mankata at third as a special player, had some COVID issues last year, was recovering. Uh, what are you guys expecting out of Yohan in, in 2021? I don't know. Um, we're just hoping that 2019, 2019 Yohan shows up with no COVID issues, no long hauler issues. He's back to the guy that he was before. You know, the good song that he sang to Disaster Personnel is looks like it's the, <laughs> the old school uh, Johan Swagger is back because there's no one who has a sweeter home run trot and bat toss Swing. after he finishes yeah. than Johan Mankata. And that's what I want back from him. Um, Johan makes this team elite if he is back to being Johan because we talked about the other names. Those other names are going to just keep on growing because they're not into their primes yet. Yoan, mm-hmm. if he's the MVP candidate, which he was top 10 in 2019, then this team is just unbelievably unstoppable on offense. I just hope and pray that whatever was ailing him, the COVID, the long hauler disease is out of his system. As a 25, 26-year-old man, he can go on and be the superstar that he is projected to be because the the glove plays the bat plays the swag plays and i love yohan he's he's a forgotten man on a team with a bunch of he's stars cool. he's cool yeah, yeah he's, I, even i even i like yohan Moncada. Yeah. Like I, I think he's, yeah. he's the centerpiece of the rebuild and people forget yeah. that i think if i'm yohan Moncada and i'm going back and watching myself from last year and i'm like damn that's that's not me out there man like you know everyone's talking about these other guys but like when when Yoan is flexing all of his tools, like this is a guy that was comp to like you know early Robbie Cano, you know what I mean? Like this is like one of the better all around players on this roster. And like Herb said, like we just don't know what to expect from him. Certainly, I, I don't think twenty twenty was a fluke by any means. Um, it certainly looks like the swag is back. It, a lot of it too is like where are they can hit him in the lineup. Tony's been kind of tinkering 
with Johan a bit. You know, we like him in the in the two hole. I think her because he provides a, a good eye and a left handed stick coming up after Ta setting up the rest of the guys. But uh, Tony's been hitting him fourth, and it's I, you know it's there's he's a wild card there for sure. But if he if he maxes out to what he was back like in 2019, then that's that's when this team is really clicking here. So Luis Robert comes up last summer. Uh, they signed him in that extension, which was awesome. And I think they're working on that with Vaughn, too, if I'm not mistaken, just so they can get him going on opening day. But Robert came up, and uh, you just saw it right away, man. Like, oh, just explosive on both sides of the ball. How cool was it to see him come up and, and just dominate um, when he first came? I know he had a homer off uh, off the Twins in a big game at Target Field, hanging breaker from Trevor May that he just destroyed. I think that was the um, hardest ball he hit all year. And, like, that okay, was the first yeah. time in a long time that I was, like, down here in the basement <laughs> pumping my fist of something that the Sox yeah. did to the Twins in a long time. Like, that really yeah. woke up the fan base, too. That was a great moment that right there. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, what was that like? And then talk a little bit about the second half and what you think it means for his outlook. Well, Luis, I think – surprised even White Sox fans with how he started off like he was pretty hot mm-hmm. and the glove never took a day off I mean the only thing that I kind of have an issue with is when Luis goes back to the wall he doesn't have the the wherewithal where the wall's at and mm-hmm. how to get there and the warning track system he hasn't figured that out but once he does he's gonna be one of the best defensive center fielders in the game he you know already won a gold glove in his rookie year as far as the bat, pitchers adjust to him in that second half of the of the 2020 season, and he didn't adjust back. He was struggling mightily. Uh, he was the front runner, I think, for the rookie of the year, and then he just struggled down the stretch. And so, and Lewis, you know, awesome player out there in Seattle, yeah. so he earned it. But I don't know. It, you couldn't say he hit the rookie wall because it was only 60 games, right? And so he just struggled and didn't adjust to what the pitchers were doing to him because he's a free swinger. He's not out there to be out there to walk. Mm -hmm. You're throwing a pitch to him in the zone. It's going to get hit and it's going to get hit hard. Yeah. And that's what pitchers finally realized. I can't get him out in the zone. He'll chase this slider outside. He'll chase this Mm -hmm. fastball high. He'll chase this ball that's sinking. So let's just throw the ball over the plate, somewhere near the plate, and we'll get him out because he'll hit the ball hard, as Trevor May found out, real hard <laughs> off the wall or that double that goes into goes into the stands. Yep. Those things will happen to you, and the Royals fans even more because Oof. he murdered the Royals last <laughs> year. But we're expecting more of the same and an adjustment to what the pitchers have done to him, a little better eye because his, his O-swing, his – recognition is the highest of like any player in the league. Like he swings at everything. Mm -hmm. And once he realizes what pitchers are trying to do to him, he's the sky's the limit spit on those balls going outside on the sliders that are tough. And then just take anything that they throw down the middle and crush it, which he did a lot last year in the playoff game, which was a little encouraging because he was really struggling down the road crushed up Michael Fires. Yep. I, I think it was a garbage slider or a fastball. And he was like so 
disappointed in the Oakland A's starting a garbage pitcher like Mike Fires against him. He's like disgusted. He's like, I'm gonna take him 500 to center. Yeah, yeah he's like disgusted. He's like, come, on, Michael Fires, come on now. Yeah, he's not Trash. a flam. He's not a flamboyant guy in terms of like bat flipping or things like that. You know, he, he plays hard and like that bat bat toss against Mike Fires. That I think that was like a a, a deep you know sigh of relief for for Luis Robert there ending the season on a high note like that. I think is going to be a good thing for him. He can. He was. It seemed like he was over September pretty much, you know, like last year. So I, I think Herb is dead on on all that stuff there. But he's in a good spot where he can, uh, you know, handle some struggles a little bit because the guys around him are, are so strong. And so he'll be okay. But the thing about Luis Robert is he himself is so strong physically and so fast that he's going to just muscle himself a lot of hits. He had one the other day against the Cubs where he just got jammed and muscled one out to right field, and he's got the speed to beat out a lot of those ground balls in the infield. So he'll he'll never struggle too mightily where all of a sudden he'll get in this deep hole. You know, I think his, his natural skill set – Will will carry him through some really really uh, difficult times if he has any. But yeah, it was we were very surprised. We did our our prediction show, which is supposed to drop tomorrow, and we were surprised to see him uh, listed at second, right behind Mike Trout for AL MVP favorite. So that that's you wow. know, if everyone else see, sees that, then that's encouraging to us. We kind of see him as a by far not a finished product. But yeah, we're, you know, he's one of the fat, you know best things to watch about this White Sox team is, is seeing him out there. Just have a, a center fielder like that we've never had before. You know, this organization's never seen anything like him before in terms yeah. of the way the way he's built and just all the tools. Like he's he's, he's amazing to watch, and he's like one of the uh, the best things about this team right now. We're definitely not the twins who've had their riches of center fielders. I mean, we had balls <laughs> like in the right center field gap, and Tory Hunter's like yeah <laughs> comfortably. Uh, if it's not no, it's him, bad. it's Jock Jones <laughs> catching a ball, and now it's Byron Buxton. This to have one of those guys finally is great. I remember uh, Aaron Gleeman. You guys probably know or have heard of Gleeman uh, mm-hmm. in the area, but the night that Luis Robert, I think that was his first series against the Twins last year, uh, like the first time the Twins had seen him, maybe. And he said, like, I remember when Francisco Lindor came up for the first time and had like a big hit in his first series. And I said, oh, shit, like, <laughs> here, here's this guy, you know, like, uh oh, like we're going to be dealing with this guy for the next decade. <laughs> I do want to ask you guys. Um, I could talk to you all night again. Maybe we could talk to Sox all night. But I do want to ask you about the depth now that Adam Engel, it sounds like two to four weeks is what I've read. And then they don't know about Eloy. Uh, wait to hear on him. But is there concern in the outfield in terms of depth? You mentioned, Herb, about George Springer, like hoping that they would bring someone in for lineup depth too. What do you see as the solution there? I know Lurie Garcia, I don't know if he plays some left field, but what do you see as the the depth options for them? Bad. I mean, this is the one thing that stops the White Sox. The rotation is pretty solid, one through three, and then you can get away with four and five. The bullpen is the best bullpen in the American League, I think, or Major League's. By far. Well, now Britain, yeah, the, the Yankees. I mean, it, it would be, I guess, the Rays or Yankees, but now the Yankees have, have dropped, certainly. Yeah, and so the only thing that we worry about as White Sox fans is depth, and specifically in the outfield. Um, Yeah, Lori Garcia could get you a couple games in left field, but the drop-off from where you're at with Eloy to Lori is huge. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a massive drop-off. Lori's going to give you Major League Baseball at bats. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be hitting balls over over the fence. He's not going to be scaring anybody. Probably batting eighth or ninth in the lineup if he is uh, substituting in Fialoi. Um, There's not a lot of depth, and there's not a lot of help on the way immediately for minor league prospects. Our 
our prospects are fine. I think middle of the road, but we have a bunch of outfield prospects, but none of them are like on the cusp or right. coming. We've had a lot of guys that are like, man, you better watch out for Luis Gonzalez or watch out for Blake Rutherford or watch out for Mike Adolfo. But none of these guys are ready. None of these guys are major league ready. So it's going to be a real blow if Aloy's out for extended periods of time. Yeah, you know, they, they certainly don't have the depth. I think Leary Garcia can certainly give you some games out in right field. He's got a good enough arm, I think, to play right field, but it's certainly not an ideal option, you know, depending on how long Eloy's going to be out for. That's the big biggest part of this. Um, Engel, that was a tough injury there because he he's a guy that impressed us so much in 2020, a guy that really took the next step. We watched him be bad for a, for a lot of years during the rebuild, and to see a guy like that who struggled so much take the next step and all of a sudden be a contributor on a winning team was, was really great. But, you know, they've got a few options that can maybe bridge the gap until whatever the Eloy thing's going you're to be. You're going to say Billy Hamilton, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he is probably going to be the guy. He was out there playing right field today. Um, not, not many balls are going to hit the ground out there in the outfield, but it's certainly not ideal. One of their top prospects, uh, Gavin Sheets, was a guy that was drafted as a first baseman, but they had been working with him in the outfield, I think. You know, like, but there, this could be an opportunity for a lot of these fringe guys who have sort of hit the wall in the minor leagues and lost a year of development last year. Maybe it's a, a time for one of those guys. Her mentioned Mike Rodolfo, Blake Rutherford, Luis Gonzalez, Gavin Sheets. Maybe one of those guys can come up and and give you a couple weeks of of you know just replacement level play. And you know maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with someone and get lucky there. But they they certainly have the offense to to withstand it. And hopefully the the pitching will be good enough where you know even if you lose uh, a bit defensively because you don't have Engel out there, um, you know, and maybe you can just sub out Leuri and right, maybe you'll you'll be okay there. But yeah, it's certainly you know you, you would hope this is where them not developing well enough in Latin America really hurts them because they could use you know, guys. You know, they they sign uh, Yoelki Cespedes in the offseason, but he's not quite ready yet. He would be a guy maybe a year from now, or maybe even six months from now, the guy that they could put there and and fill that gap. But right now, like their their lack of depth in the in the lower levels is really killing them. They're not like the twins in that regard where they just here's another guy that just pops up mm-hmm. and and he, and he can play for you, you know, like a Luis Arise type situation like we talked about yesterday. So, yeah, it's not ideal certainly and they're hoping for the best with this Eloy injury. I guess that brings me into uh perhaps my final question. I, again, I could hit you, so just let me know, but uh I want to hear both of your Sox MVPs and your Sox Cy Youngs for 2021. Well, I think that Aloy Jimenez, if everything works out, will be the American League MVP. Mm. He'll be the best player on uh, the White Sox. I know uh, there's a lot of competition. We've uh, talked about them all. But I think his third year of playing Major League Baseball will be the year that he breaks out and everybody knows about him. Um, As far as the pitchers, I'm going Lance Lynn. It's a walk year for him. Probably his last major league contract, big major league contract he can get as I think a 31, 32-year-old guy. So he's going to be shoving, and he's been shoving the last couple of years as a top-of-the-rotation pitcher out there in Texas. And I think that this year will prove to be his best year uh, of his career and because he's trying to get that dollars, and he's trying to get the White Sox to – the levels that they haven't been in a while. And I'm thinking that uh, he's going to be the ace of this staff. In, in 2010, Bulls fans will remember, I, I made this comp before, but Derrick Rose came out before the 2010 season and said, why can't I be the MVP? And then he went out and did it. Eloy Jimenez kind of had that moment himself 
at the beginning of camp, and we all kind of bought in. And I always comped him to like a young Miguel Cabrera when he's right. You know, he has power to all fields, and he doesn't try to do too much with it. And I, I see a lot of Miguel Cabrera in Eloy Jimenez in terms of just, the, you know, not only the hitting approach, but the love for the game and just, you know, the, the, the tools, the hit tools, just unbelievable. And I thought if he could, you know, improve defensively, we could be talking about Eloy winning an MVP as well. We're very high on Eloy. But, it, you know, let's say, for example, he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time, which I'm just, you know, throwing it out there just in case if he is by the time this posts. You know, the heart and soul is Tim Anderson. You know, this this is the guy that he makes everything click from the top of the order. You know, he, he's a swag leader. You know, he's he's everything to this organization right now. So you really saw what the what the White Sox were without Tim Anderson whenever he goes down. You know, they, they don't have the depth to to you know survive him being hurt for any you know long period of time and just like the the guy that, that he's a straw that stirs the drink man he's he's Tony Larusa's this version of Ricky Henderson I think for this White Sox team in terms of setting the tone at the top and as far as you know Cy Young you know I, I Lucas Giolito man like yeah it's an easy one to say because he's your number one at the top of the rotation but what he did in that Oakland series in the postseason really showed me a lot. Like he, you know, showed the whole Sox fan base that he can be a guy that will go out there and single-handedly win you a game. Like just, just get me one and that's enough. He really took his game to a higher level and he's a guy that he's playing, uh, you know, for, for a contract as well. Like Sox fans want Rick Hahn to lock him up in similar vein to the way they've locked up Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. But, you know, supposedly they're working on that, but like, that's a guy right there. That's, you know the, the the future of this organization. Whenever he takes the ball every five days, is is Lucas Giolito. Yeah, and he was so fun to watch in 2019 too. They they did they you could see it like I'm you guys know better than me, but you could see it blossoming in 2019. You could see it coming. Uh, but this race is going to be so fun this summer. I think uh, I think it's going to be neck and neck. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you guys more. I think we should check in maybe before series or. Uh, after series if i'm not too uh, hurt by a twin sweep or the other way around or whatever but uh you said it right yeah <laughs> and, and yeah. we checked the schedule like we're done playing after may right like it's yeah all the games are like jammed into april and may yeah, it's a shame yeah man. and i i i think um you know, I'm hoping there's at least one in the summer. <laughs> I thought like, like, and all of them are during the week. I checked yeah, right, as, far, yeah. as far as the White Sox schedule, because I tried to get a one on the weekends and they're all during the week. I'm like, you sons of just, I want to go to see a White Sox twins game yeah. on the weekend because my ticket packages as such. So um, I was very surprised that they want to get all these White Sox twins games done with. And right. that's one of the reasons where we're talking, like we start off on, Sunday night baseball, and then never again are we on Sunday night baseball. I'm like, is there not a Twins White Sox game they can put on there? But well, no. I just like I said yesterday too, a White Sox Twins I think is a super underrated rivalry this year. Like I think at the top, just the the juxtaposition of the two teams is so fascinating. It's easy to say as like a fan of of a team that's in it. But I, I, think, I think I misspoke. July seventh, I think maybe the last one or August. Let's see. Let's okay. See. Yeah, it's the yeah, last Twins White Sox Chicago. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so August be- August eleventh is the last time the Twins and the White Sox play, which is amazing. And the White Sox play the Tigers, I think, to close the year, and the Twins play the Royals. I wish they just flopped those <laughs> <laughs> in the last three game series. Do you I guys think, not yeah. like the the Royals? You, no, you I mean, just well? I think they have Sox and Twins be- decide it, right? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> no, I think it'd be fun um, if it was Sox Twins at the end there. 
Well, they do the thing they did to us last year where we face a division rival in the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. And then we play the Reds, you know, who, you know, after we played the Twins last year, we played the Reds and the Reds yeah. beat the hell out of the White Sox, yeah. except for the Trevor Bauer game, which is yeah. weird. And then we end the season out for the Tigers, which we're going to eat. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt Boyd. <laughs> Oh, please. Give Tim Anderson, Matt Boyd. Oh, just give me all the Matt Boyd. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks guys so much. I uh, appreciate it. I had fun uh in a in a kind of a fan base both ways. It's been a little hotly contested, uh, I'd say in the last two years, but it's been fun to see and I look forward to the year. We do too. Uh, yeah, we're uh very excited about the year and we want the twins to not win. And the White Sox to win, but we'll be cheering for you against the against the Indians, maybe. Yeah, about against the Indians. Maybe okay. not. The, yeah. No, we'll be we'll be having the Chris Castellani pom poms out for the Tiger series. My favorite two teams this year: the Twins and the team that's playing the Sox. That's how it should be. That's how you know things are going good. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, yes, it's over, but the NBA, college hoops, bracket season, and the NHL, they're all in full swing. And not to mention, we've partnered up with BetOnline.ag. This Friday show, we're going to go over prop bets, over-under, division winner, pennant winner, and World Series winners, and we're going to place our bets live during the show and put our money where our mouth is at betonline.ag. How will the Southsiders fare in terms of where we're putting our money? Well, you have to wait and see until Friday's show, but you can bet on all sorts of things. You can bet on Cy Young, MVP, most home runs. There's so much fun stuff going on with baseball at betonline.ag, and you can even bet on award shows. If you're digging reality TV, they've got prop bets for that as well. The odds are updated in real time, and you can bet on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds as well. It's the best way to place your bets, and best of all, it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you go to Built Bar on Twitter at bar underscore built they've got built bar madness going on right now and you can vote for which built bar is your favorite and i gotta tell you built bar they confuse me all the time on which one's my favorite especially when i get these drops saturday i come home from running some errands and what's waiting for me at my doorstep is i have two new boxes from built bar but i didn't order any built bars what in the world is going on here see built bar rolls out these new flavors every once in a while and They like to send them to us so we can talk about how good they are. And you may have seen them promote what they have called Built Bar Puffs. Banana Cream Pie Marshmallow is one of the flavors they had along with Churro Marshmallow. And these things are just delicious. They're a little lighter than the traditional Built Bars, I think, but they're just as delicious. I gave one to my wife. She enjoyed it as well. And this Banana Cream Pie Marshmallow has 130 calories only with 17 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. They also sent me what was an amazing flavor. I've got it right here in front of me. Birthday cake with sprinkles. Now, the only thing I will say is I wish they would have sent me more because I think this might be one of my new flavors, but it might be too late. So when you're hearing me talk about it, you better get to builtbar.com right now and see if they still have this flavor available. It's birthday cake with sprinkles. 
It's covered in 100% real chocolate. This one in particular, white chocolate, just 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and it is delicious. It even has a couple of little sprinkles in there, so you could feel like it's your birthday, even though it is not. Go to BuiltBar.com now. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Look, I use the Built Bars in real life. They're delicious. They're helping me on my weight loss journey. I'm down seven pounds from about a month ago, and I, I couldn't be happier, and Built Bar has been such a huge part of my weight loss. Go to BuiltBar.com and see the flavor that they've got cooking up. They may run out, so you got to act fast. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, and go to Built Bar on Twitter and find out who will be the best-tasting protein bar. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Locked On White Sox. That'll do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Big show tomorrow. Our BetOnline.ag put our money where our mouth is show where we go over all the prop bets. Overs, unders, division winners, pennant winners, World Series. We make our bets live during the show, and you guys can find out how we feel about the Sox this year and where the smart money is going. Then we'll tell you where our money is going because we're not smart, obviously. But that'll be on tomorrow's show with Herb Lawrence and myself on Locked on White Sox. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow our guy Nash Walker on Twitter at NashWalker9 and Locked on Twins.